0: man everybody to episode two of the eyes on iowa podcast quinn douglas carter coppinger and we have got our first guest of the podcast he's a very good friend of ours uh, he's uh, been the uh, head writer and publisher of 24 of 24 uh, 7 sports iowa site hawkeye insider since august of 2018 before that he was a member of the rivals uh, website covering nebraska football and nebraska basketball he's a 2014 nebraska lincoln grad or 2017, excuse me, Nebraska-Lincoln grad. 2014 was the year he graduated high school. But 2017, Nebraska-Lincoln grad, I would like to welcome into the program our friend David Eichel, the Hawkeye Insider, might I add. David, welcome to the program, my friend.
1: Hey, uh, grads on the podcast launch, guys, and uh, absolutely flattered that you chose this degenerate to be the first guest.
0: (laughs) Well, I think all of us at some point are degenerates in our life. But before we get really into you, David, uh, if you guys didn't see on social media, well, one of us just got well close another step closer to being cinched up forever carter congratulations my friend you are an engaged man how about a round of applause
2: thank you brother i appreciate it uh we're we're excited for the for the next step leading up to to a wedding next summer so yeah
0: yeah i pull i pull so i i go down to carter's uh parents house he lives they live outside of waukee between waukee and van meter and uh it's literally it's a tucked away it, for if you be if, if, if those of you listening have ever been to carter's house or never been to carter's house they're friends with carter and i carter's house is i mean tucked away in the middle of it it, it was at one point in the middle of nowhere now there's a giant freaking housing development out there uh but it's on the ground road. you have to go back through trees there's like a little pond back by your house too and i get there i'm expecting yeah, probably 15 20 people you know i thinking it's a small get together no there's like 50 60 people there and i'm like holy cow I was just yeah. pulling I, I pull right behind Charlie Doyle, who's a good friend of ours. And I, I'm looking around like, what in the world? This is much, this is way bigger than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom said the same thing, actually, when we were planning for the, uh, for the after party, I was like, yeah, yeah. There'll probably be like 30 people there. That's probably my guess. And there was more like 65 to 70. Yeah, there was a lot. of, people. And yeah, I was like, well, sorry, mom. <laughs>
1: Hey, there's worse blessings to have than a, yeah. than a good community around you guys as okay. you try to take the next step.
0: Fortunately, your parents bought a lot of bubbly, they bought a lot of drinks, and they had a lot of food.
2: Yep, yeah, yeah, it, it was a it was a great night. It it was, definitely, probably the best night of my life at this point.
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt, no question.
1: I think um, you'd be in trouble if you said anything else. With all due respect, bro. <laughs> I
0: did. I did have to laugh when you started to explain uh, about how you proposed to to uh, Lakin. And how he did it for for folks that you know, from around the state of Iowa, especially from like the Des Moines area. If you've ever been to the bridges in Madison County, Carter and like, Carter proposed to his fiancee Lakin at one of those uh, covered bridges. And the the way you explained it, you made it sound like well, one of two things going to happen: either you're going to propose, or you're going to maybe you know maybe end things and maybe burn <laughs> the lake. I don't know. It it was kind of I think it was our friend Junior brought it up. He just made it sound like well, he's going to propose to me or he's going to kill me.
2: Yeah, I uh, for the, for those listening, no, I I did not have murder on my mind. Um, I, uh, I I I I was, I was driving with her in the truck, and we pull off on the side of the road, right by this bridge. And I say, "Get out, like get out of the truck." <laughs> and like, please if, tell me
1: you said at least a little bit better, not just like. Yeah, I was out. like, <laughs> I, I was like, all
2: right, hop out, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, like, come on, hop out of the car. We're hopping out." And she's like what it what uh it, it was but it ended up it, it worked out yeah
0: it worked out it, it absolutely did work out and like you said it was an unbelievable night got to it's great because i got to see a lot of people i hadn't seen in quite a while uh at that uh at that uh, engagement party as well and uh it was really nice for me got went and got to see got to see my mom uh at the, the next day she was she's been recovering from heart surgery for those though that are, are haven't been aware and again to everyone who's offered their thoughts and prayers to to her and my family. I really appreciated it. We've really appreciated it as a family. And uh, actually good news. I just saw on Facebook a couple hours ago. She is home today. My aunt picked her up and took her home from the hospital. So my mom is finally back at home after open heart surgery. So that is good news on on my front. Thank God.
1: Fantastic. Let's go.
0: So we are going to get into things here with uh, Mr. David Colton. David, I think a lot of people know your story. So we really don't need to, go over it again. Of course, you came to Iowa after uh, you came to I- the Iowa media market after uh, I mean, applying. I'm not kidding. You probably applied for almost every available job in sports media uh, prior to, yeah, coming
1: here to Iowa. Pretty much. Uh, 127. You know, in the reality too is, I mean, a lot of them were just high. There were some high up jobs, obviously that I didn't think I'd get. But, you know, if you see a job opportunity, you're going to try to take it regardless, especially when it comes to this industry, mm-hmm. because it's so difficult. People don't realize how difficult it is to break into sports journalism. I mean, I, I've said I'm, I felt upwards with my career and where I, where my starting point was. But uh, it was definitely humbling when you apply for that many jobs and you only get an actual rejection from about 24 of them. And the rest just don't even acknowledge you outside of the automated Thanks for applying. We'll let you know. Well, letting me. No, just like leaving me on red if they even left me on red. But, uh, you know, it's all good. Uh, I wanted to get back to Iowa to start my career. I mean, I don't think it's any secret. I was born in Sioux City. I grew up following Big Ten football, grew up following Iowa football, graduated from Nebraska, got a lot of really, really great experience there. But, you know, I'm definitely happy with where I'm at and the way things have sort of uh, sort of shaken out. And of course, I'm blessed with that. So it's it's been crazy. And the fact that this will give you my fifth football season makes me feel old and. I'm just waiting to wake up one morning. I'm going to have a walker next to me and a glass of prune juice or something, bro, because I'm just I'm already feeling so old.
0: I think a lot of us are feeling old that these days. No, no question about that, because Lord knows time can't time can't slow down enough once you start getting into your 20s and your 30s or you know you're in your, you know, your 50s, 60s and God forbid 70s and 80s. Uh, but you, like you said, you got to the Iowa beat here in, in 2018. I didn't really get to know you t- till probably all oh, probably later in the se- that football season because I was just starting get, getting started with with KRUI. My first game. I ever broadcasted with KRU, uh, KRU I was U uh, Iowa I in 2018. I believe it's the last time I, when you and I had played to, uh, to Dave, that was my first time in the press box. And, uh, you you know, you would come in and, and obviously shoot the shoot the crap with me and, and Miles and Jimmy Nash, who was the sports director at the time. Yeah. Miles Klotz as well. And that's like, kind of how we got to know each other. Of course, Miles and I knew Sean Bach, who – lived on our floor in a Catlett dorm our freshman year, uh, watched a lot of Big East basketball with uh, Sean and uh, Miles and Justin Elsner, who's a member of the Iowa uh, uh, Iowa football video department as well. And, uh, you know, just st- things kind of grew from there. Definitely uh, b- very fortunate to have a, have a friend in the media, you know, having a guy, because let's face it, I mean, a lot of the media members that, in the Iowa media, at least when you started, were they were much older and you were definitely the, the young buck easily yeah you know, young buck coming in coming in at that point uh to the iowa media market
1: you know i think too that's where maybe i haven't talked about as much and not from that regard but i mean when i moved to iowa city to start the job so me for this way so i applied to all those jobs right i woke up to a text on my on my on my birthday uh i was about three weeks out of graduating because i graduated in the summer maybe I was slightly hungover. I went out for my birthday. I can say that. It's fine. Woke up to a text from one of the 24 seven guys saying, Hey, uh, do you want to interview for the job? The Iowa job. And I didn't even apply for it. I got referenced. So that was, you know, again, lucky on my part, but also you got to keep those connections alive in this industry. I said, yeah, let's do it. He he talked to, called me an hour later, talked on the phone, got offered the job the next day, spent 24 hours, quote unquote, thinking about it. But You know, what else was I going to do? Right. I was obviously going to say yes. So I took it. Uh, And then they said, okay, August 1, you start. And at that point, again, I hadn't graduated. I had a family vacation planned. So over the course of the next 17 days, I spent three in Nebraska, four in Iowa, searching for an apartment that I was going to have to rent out in two weeks, five days in Minnesota, and just traveling everywhere and doing everything. And then my first day, I basically, got to Iowa. I stayed overnight in a hotel because my place wasn't ready. I covered Iowa media day. (laughs) Then I drove back to Nebraska to walk at graduation. And then after graduation, I drove back out because there was more media. There was the kids day uh, scrimmage the day after I graduated. So basically got in the car after I graduated and then drove back to Iowa city. And that's all she wrote. But dude, I'll tell you when I, I know a few years ago, I said, I drank enough cups of coffee to kill a small horse Bro, I, I drank enough caffeine to kill an entire farm over that 17 days. Like, I did not sleep at all. Like, the fact that my heart was able to stay alive with all the caffeine I put in my body, it's it's a God-given miracle. Because I should not have been able to survive off 2,000 milligrams of caffeine a day, whatever it was.
0: And I've done that drive from Iowa City to Lincoln. I did it once. And, oh, my God. By the time you got to the morning, you're like, it's still got another hour and a half. <laughs> oh my Western God, Nebraska brutal. is the
1: worst though. Western Nebraska is the worst oh, drive yeah. you'll ever experience. It, well, I, Kansas, Kansas is right close. Kansas yeah, is Western,
0: close. Western Nebraska is number one. I, I This is a hot take. Number I, number two, worst drives. Western Illinois, I think, is worse than Western Iowa. Western Illinois is brutal. I mean, there are no towns. I mean, no towns that are bigger than 2,000 people. At least on I-80, you know, you'll go by Atlantic. You'll go by Avoca. You'll go South of Harlan, uh, you know, you'll have big truck stops every once in a while. There's none in that Western Illinois, at least until you get to the DeKalb Oasis.
1: So that's Carr's area of expertise. I, I don't, yeah.
0: No, they ain't that much further west than
1: the
2: Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't wait for the day that you know these Teslas are gonna be just driving themselves, <laughs> and I can just hop in the car, just lay it all the way back, and just sleep while we go through those areas so <laughs>
0: definitely make life a lot easier <laughs> no yeah no question about that i mean i can handle western iowa at least you know there's a truck stop every 20 miles western illinois there's i mean nothing but i i won't get we're down into southwest iowa where there's i mean we're talking highway 34 There's, it's gonna be there's nothing it's it's all fields it's all fields it's all deer the, the deer probably outnumber the people in the counties i'm not kidding uh that's true (laughs) hey i I almost got hired down there uh the the last job i applied for before i get this job here in webster city was at kma down in shenandoah and uh i really i I, I was ready to move to southwest iowa i was ready to make peace with it and uh you know the the bright side i'm like you know what i might just i I can go to an iowa nebraska game and it's you know only an hour and a half away uh because i'm working you're closer to lincoln at that point than you are in iowa city and uh but didn't get the job there and and wound up with me applying for the job here in Webster City, and that's how it went. I only applied for, I want to say, I applied for three jobs. I applied for a job at the radio station in Fairfield. I can't remember their call numbers, but went through the interview process. Uh they said we'd love to have you come down and, and visit the station. I said, Great, what well, can I come down? I never got an email back. <laughs> so about about a month after, I'm like, I don't think I got the
2: job. Uh <laughs> Was it, just, was it just the three applications that you just dropped there? Was that a subtle flex on David? For it, it was. Yeah, I, no,
0: it was more so I'm I'm lucky as <laughs> I'm lucky as hell. Um, and also David didn't also also David didn't have the I guess it's kind of a luxury of entering a post-pandemic job market, I suppose.
1: That's true. That's true. Well, you know, the crazy part about my experience though, too, was I mean, I applied for a couple jobs in Lincoln where I was at least a known commodity. So that was kind of uh, humbling when I didn't even get an interview, some of that stuff that, you know, but, uh, you know, Quinn, I've told you off the the air, but I'll bring it on just because it's it's funny to me. I won't say who, but there's a couple of people at KMA that do not like me, (laughs) and they blocked me on Twitter. And it's It's very ironic because it's very ironic because I used to go on there because my first beat I covered was Nebraska baseball. And they have a very, very awesome – you know, baseball venue, like there's Nebraska baseball is very like, the, you know, it's Nebraska. I mean, people care about the sports there. So I was a correspondent with, for KMA for a while and I switched to Iowa job, whatever. And then the first year when Scott Frost was hired, you remember they were dancing through the warm up lines with Iowa, trying to get in their face. And I have my own thoughts about that. When you go, when you win four games out of a year, I mean, I think Nebraska has won as many games as Iowa did last year in the last three years of Nebraska football, and, and but
0: I, and I remember watching that in the press box, thinking that's so, not normal.
1: So what see, I did was I wrote, I wrote a
0: column
1: and I basically said that yeah, it ticked, it drove Iowa nuts because they were just like, okay, really, what are you doing? So I said Iowa used disrespect to, you know, beat Nebraska, whatever. And then I think that was the same year that Iowa played Mississippi State when they negative fifteen rushing yards, but well, there was a lot of talk behind the scenes about how some of the mississippi state players were talking smack at iowa players even during like the hospital visits and like the behind the scenes stuff for the week and it's very just you know is what it is it's not my business but so i took a similar angle after the game like hey like this is what happened there's been tensions building etc and then the guy basically called me out and said well you need to get more creative with your headlines your angles yada, yada and i'm like dude if the quotes the players are giving me are similar, I'm going to write a similar story. I presented it in a new way. I went back and forth with them. And then he started like going after my family or whatever and saying some really solid stuff. And I'm like, you know, you realize you have two kids in your profile picture and you're going after a fresh out of college kid doing his job. And I was like, you know, it is what it is like be good. And all of a sudden he just blocked me on everything. And I'm like, okay, awkward.
2: Well, you know, the bigger story coming out of that Mississippi State Iowa game was actually a uh, Quinn Douglas versus Brandon Walker.
1: Oh my God! <laughs>
2: no, that
0: that didn't come till quite. A, I know that didn't come till quite a, a uh, till a couple years later, and that was that was funny. It really all but, it really all unfolded one night of
1: brothers, and we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that's what it was
0: when the Twitter when the Twitter fights. I'm just over. I'm just
1: getting like I mean Carter. I don't know if Quinn's the same way with you, but you just start getting updates about this, and it's like, oh my God, he's just texting you, and you're just like, I. All right. Yeah, like <laughs> Good luck, bro,
2: Quinn. Man, and you know he what? Quiet. He did
1: block me for a short time, but I think it was about two days
0: later he unblocked me. So,
2: hey, you you still got a chance at that that bar stool job. Yeah,
0: no, I'm not. I'm not working with him. <laughs>
2: hey,
0: <laughs> I see, I, I just Brennan remember Walker, I should
1: be grateful to Iowa fans because that's what basically set him up for success. No
0: kidding, because he got fired exactly. from his job for calling Iowa a bunch of slow white guys and basically, I mean, saying the most. Just the most disturbing stuff I've ever heard about Iowa football. It was cringe. Yeah. And he wore, and I remember, I think it was this year on his podcast, he wore an Iowa State shirt the week of the Iowa State game. Oh, he did. And went off about Iowa and about how much he hates Iowa fans. And then Iowa went, did what they did to Iowa State this year. And that was, you, you pretty much didn't hear a peep from Brandon Walker after that.
2: Shocker. Probably his most hated Hawkeye fan, Quinn. I don't
0: know about that. There's some others that really just.
1: Well, I, mean, I, just, I, I I had heard. Remember, I think there were a couple of people who went on his like wife's business and like left really bad reviews. Yeah, like I would never, like,
0: ever, that's ever that's, any. I, I could be, I,
1: I could be, you
0: know, ten beers or ten drinks deep. I would never once think about doing that.
1: That's no, just, that, the that's eyes on the Iowa point. podcast does not endorse binge drinking. I'll yeah, do that you, for you, quick. Yeah,
0: no, but that that was strictly in our college days. No question about that. <laughs> strictly in so our we're college professionals days now we're, we're professionals, we're we're professionals. Now. at least we're professionals on this podcast um <laughs> at the very least and in our, our field of work uh but uh getting back on topic i suppose but uh <laughs> well, what was the topic we kind of divulged oh i'm talking about the places i, I applied at uh but the, the last one i applied at was khb khbt the bull up and humble and i applied to that job and i never even heard back but then i found out like three days later they, they had already hired someone and by the time by by the time i got gotten the lead on the job they had already hired someone so uh qwc got open and then what what's up
1: quinn did you uh is it fair to say you were humbled by not getting that job
0: i was i was humbled far before that happened <laughs> uh but uh i got the job at kqwc and i'll be straight up honest the first, the first question, the first thing I thought when I saw the job lead pop up uh, for for KQWC here in Webster City was Webster City has a radio station. Never, never knew they had a radio station. So I texted uh, one of uh, I texted one of my friends, his fiance, who uh, both of you know, all of us on this podcast know. We'll keep we'll keep it keep her uh, nameless, but I texted her. I go, um, what do you know about the radio station in Webster City? Because I don't know a damn thing. And she told me, I'm like, well, I just applied for a job there. So fingers crossed. And sure enough, I got the job. I actually never forget uh, the day I had my phone interview with with my now boss. uh, I had the phone interview in the morning. And that afternoon, I think there were probably about eight or nine tornadoes that touched down in Hamilton County. (laughs) So I'm like, I I, I talked to her. I think she called me back. I think the next, like the next Monday to say, to offer me the job. And I said, well, it's good to
1: know you guys are still there. (laughs) So. Wild dude, the job market's weird. For what you know, it's it's it, it's really tough on people like Quinn and I, and then Carter just goes to school for another like five years and he'll yeah. be able to like open his own practice and do whatever he wants. Like, like, t- like it's like fine. It I'm the account. one that's really struggling out here.
2: Yeah, guys. I just I just wanted to keep you know being in college. I, I tell <laughs> people that I uh only went to dental school because I wanted four more shots at an intramural championship, so we're still <laughs> Respect. working.
0: Respect. It's like they said, I know I said this last episode, it's like they said in Tommy boy. Yeah. A lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah. They're called doctors
1: <laughs> or David or, Jay or David. <laughs> oh boy. Well, okay. do you see that there's a, there's a guy at Sacramento state who turns like 30, ne- like in the next few months. And he's got four years of eligibility and he's playing Smith is golfing
0: from. at uh, what is it? North Carolina a
1: Dude, I I got mad respect for him because he had, he got like a four-o GPA oh, last yeah, year. Absolutely. Like, he's an
0: academic All American.
1: And to do that, that's so that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And how public he's been about it too.
0: Oh yeah. He has not hit it whatsoever. He's he's out there about, which is I think is really awesome. It's I mean, obviously for a lot of people that want to go back to college, that's, I think it's a really it's a key story for a lot of people that you know they look at that like, oh well, I can go back to college.
1: I think, uh, I, but, think I think it's inspiring me to go to dental school. Mm-hmm. Honestly, more than anything else. <laughs> good. good.
0: <laughs> well, as, as we, uh, as we shift topics here, uh, we'll, we'll talk, we're going to talk a little bit more about Iowa football, of course, since that is what we're getting close to now, David and I of course, were at the kids day practice on Saturday at Kinnick stadium. Uh, I'd say it was a really good turnout for that uh, fan wise as well. I and mean, I thought uh, really good performances all around. I, I really don't have anything neg- that all that negative that I took away from uh, that kid's day practice uh, I know Car- Carter wanted me to keep texting him updates, but I really couldn't because I was trying to keep I was trying to keep up de- people updated on Twitter. But I'm sure Carter went back and read through his stuff. But the number one thing I was impressed with David was it was the 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 the, tra- the the transformation. It feels like we're we're seeing Spencer Petrus go through from junior year to senior year. I mean, he I think he looked like a, a very poised veteran quarterback throughout most of that practice.
1: I think a couple of things. One that was probably as crisp. Of an open practice as I've seen Iowa have since I started covering the beat, both sides of the ball had highlight moments. You saw a lot of young guys step up, and you know I think I've I've always said this about Petrus, it's not an arm talent issue number one, and I don't like it when people say it's a it's a it's just between the ears because I think that implies Spencer's dumb, and if you talk to Spencer, he's the farthest thing from dumb. He's a very smart kid who's writers. absolutely. Yeah. People love him, that his teammates love him, say he's one of the best leaders they've been around. But I think it got to a point where the offensive, the running game wasn't consistent, puts more pressure on. The offensive line, besides Linderbaum, was inconsistent. And when you get later in the season, Spencer was hurt. And I've always said that he started seeing phantoms. He would feel pressure when there wasn't pressure there. And when Spencer petrus loses his mechanics, bad things happen. That's why when you – Maybe it's only because I've watched so much Iowa football, but I mean, Carter, I don't know if you, you know, so when you watch Spencer, you can tell when a bad play is about to happen with Spencer. Like, just there's something he does differently throughout the course of a play that you just say, something bad's about to happen. I don't know if I've said that about any other quarterback, but with Spencer, it's very okay. You know what's about to come.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd completely agree with that. I, I feel like I saw one game with Stanley with that too. It was against Penn state like three years ago. But other than that, I would agree a hundred percent with your analysis there on Petrus. And I mean, we know he has the talent. We saw that video of him at Manning camp, like balling out. And I mean, I don't know. I, I have a lot of high expectations for, you know, this offense this year, which actually leads to me to one of my questions for you, David. So you had kind of tweeted this hint that you have, this like incredible optimism for the offense this year and you said you're over analyzing of iowa's offense for one fall practice there's tangible evidence that the offense is moving in the right direction mm-hmm. so like could you give us kind of an idea of like yeah. what what you were kind of hinting at in that tweet
1: so number one i think it's 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 almost difficult to analyze Iowa's offense right now only because we expect Keegan Johnson to be back, and I think Keegan's ceiling is a pro receiver. I'm very high on Keegan Johnson. I'm very curious to see if Brody Brex can get healthy and what he can contribute to the table. But right now, I'll say I don't know about Devin Hilsen just because I don't know if he's healthy enough and has had enough healthy reps to be able to be in the mix. But, I mean, guys, Jazzy on Patterson and Caleb Johnson might not retro this year. And so you combine that with Gavin, LaShawn Williams, there's four running backs right there. The offensive line, I thought Quinn can probably second this. Mm -hmm. There were times where they were moving that defensive line and run blocking that just you didn't see last year. Mm -hmm. You just didn't see it. Now, look, pass blocking, I think there's a different story. I think Jennings Dunker and some of the interior guys – Uh, Got humbled by Noah. Noah Shan, I thought, had a really good day. And Aaron Graves is going to be a a freak of nature, which is surprising to nobody who's watched him at all. So Iowa has four running backs. I'm still very high on Luke Lachey. So I think there's at least two good tight ends. We'll see how Steven Stilianos, the Lafayette transfer, fits in. And Addison Ostranga, and I'll give Sean Bach a shout-out here because he's been the one saying, guys, he's better than what people are saying. And now he's in the mix, potentially play. I think Arlen Bruce can take a step forward. Uh, But in terms of the tangible evidence, Petrus just looks so much more calm. And I think you just saw the running game was more consistent against a very good Iowa defense. I mean, I I think of a play when Iowa got down the three-yard line and there are two guys that broke through the offensive line. LaShawn Williams made such a phenomenal cut to get into the end zone. I mean, there's just things that you're looking at where you can say, probably doesn't happen last year, the way the O-line is moving that D-line. Uh, and Iowa doesn't need to be flashy. They don't need these down-the-field big plays. The one thing Iowa needs more than anything is consistency. And I've said this all last year, and Brian said the same thing during media day, and I was happy he did. Not all five yards per carry or 4.6 yards per carry are create equal. Iowa's on paper last year was not terrible. Tyler Goodson's was decent. But when you watch the game, what would happen? Okay, Tyler breaks off a 32-yard run. Where are the next four runs going for? Negative two, one, zero, negative one, one. Okay, drive's dead. Iowa needs Makai Sergeant, Lashawn Daniels' consistency where they're getting four to five yards of carry. Forget the long run; get four or five yards carry. Takes pressure off Petrus. So I would say it's tangible evidence that I think there's more playmakers that are able to step up, and if Petrus can stay true his mechanics and do some things that I thought he showed on Saturday. I think that translates uh, going into the season.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious how much uh, the addition of John Budenmeyer as the offensive analyst also kind of has on the offense as well. Cause it, I mean, from everything I've been, you know, reading and hearing about on other podcasts, I mean, it, it sounds like this is going to be a different offense this year.
1: The thing that st- has stood out to me about Budmeyer, it hasn't been when people have asked about him. It's when he's brought up when nobody asks about him. So, for example, when I, I, I got one-on-one with Arlen during media day and I asked him about, hey, you guys have said all offseason spring, you guys want to simplify the offense. Have you, how have you seen that sort of change? And Arlen Bruce just said, John Budmeyer, I think, has done a great job with the quarterbacks. He's a new offensive analyst. He's coach of Wiscano. He's me some background information, obviously. But he brought him up, and I didn't mention a word about him. John Budemeyer's been brought by Spencer Petras. Brian Ferencz has been very good about it. So, obviously, there's no on-field role he's had. But from behind the scenes and really working through, I think he's done some good things. And I think there were some things that I still need to go back and look through some of the quarterback snaps and the reps they had. But there were some things that just from a mechanical standpoint that I thought Petras just looked so much more crisp than he did the end of last year. Now, part of it might be his health. Because remember, he was beat up last year. I don't think people realize how beat up that guy was. So maybe that's part of it. But I would say just from an outside perspective on things, I think that's a very, very big deal. But I also think that when you throw in a guy like Kayan Weijin, who's a walk-on, I think he's going to play significant snaps. Alec Wick, who I, I've said, I think if it was a normal recruiting cycle for him, he probably get some low D1 offers. And Arlen Bruce just told me he's a dog quote me on that he's a dog he's going to be put on scholarship in his career so again I think there's more proven weapons I think that the route trees are cleaner now it's about can Kelton Copeland and Brian Ferentz and those guys continue to get creative using the weapons they have because if for some reason this wide receiver room does not get healthier the thing that stood out to me is I was trying to do different things Luke Lachey lying up in inline tight end and lying up Sam Laporte out wide I think that's a great move I think if they can continue to do stuff like that to keep defenses guessing, while it's more simple, it's, it's just cleaner. So I think there's potential for sure.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to – it reminds me of uh, – I don't, I don't know how many interviews – David, I know you watch watched your fair share of Brian Ferentz interviews, and, and Carter, I know you have too. But it reminds me of you know, those simple little things with the Iowa offense – and Brian Ferris always talks about, you know, when you get a team like an Ohio State or a Michigan, where all they play is cover one or or cover two, man to man. You know, you know what do what you know what those simple little things does. As he put, as he put it, and I'm prefacing this because it was a little dirtier when he mentioned it. But he said, "We're making these a holes communicate. And if they can't communicate, then we're gonna throw all day on them." It's a little stuff like that that mm-hmm. you that, that the casual fan has no idea about. But it can make it, it can make or break a game. I mean, look at just look at the Ohio State game in 2017. All, all Ohio State Rams running cover one, cover two, man-to-man coverage, and, and basically what Iowa did, they used the motion with the tight ends, they used the motion with the fullback, and it started opening. It opened up some running lanes and it opened up the passing game. And we obviously when you have two first-round talents at tight end, it doesn't hurt things whatsoever. Uh, but when you have that kind of dynamic, the, 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 the dynamics that Iowa had at tight end that year. You know, I know a fan who runs as fast as a wide receiver, and a TJ Hawkinson. You know, who's as complete as a tight end as I think has ever come through Iowa. I think he might be yeah. the most complete tight end that's ever come through Iowa. Um,
1: there's a case for that, I think. There's a
0: massive case for that, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you know, when you have when you when you have the ability to do that, and then you do those little simple things like like I mentioned, you know, it can really open things up for an offense. And I really do expect those simple little things to really, you know, make a difference for the Iowa offense.
1: I think the interesting part when I look at this Iowa team is what have people said about Iowa teams in the past? They don't have the skill position players to take that next step. They lack them. Iowa has the talent from a skill position standpoint to do certain things. The consistency is not there right now. So how does Iowa go from where does Iowa find the middle ground of the past? Okay. They don't have the star upside, but there's consistency there versus we have the star power can we get the consistency if Iowa can just find a way to bridge the two i think that's how you see them take a big step forward i think part of it's play calling part of it's quarterback play but consistency and i think with iowa style of football it is cliche it's can the offensive line be consistent and can the running game take pressure off petrus the less pressure that's on petrus in that quarterback room that's how you're going to achieve where this offense can go now it's impossible to be worse than last year. It's it off. It just is. So there ha, there's going to be improvement one way or the other. I mean, Iowa threw three touchdowns in the final eight games of the season, and Iowa won ten football games. That will never happen again in the history of Big Ten football, and I would put money on that. That just that's not possible. So again, right now, can Iowa do make the correct calls at the right time? Can Brian Ferentz have his best year, and can Spencer Petras? Make the throws that he's capable of making, and as a guy who's entering his third year starting, there's no excuse. You have to be able to make the throws at this point.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh, another big narrative with you know Ferentz at this point is that a lot of times we see regression of QBs, you know, and it's not always, it's not necessarily true, but that's just like the narrative that's kind of been developed over the years. You know, we we've kind of seen it just throughout the history, and I I really am curious to see. You know, if we can see that improvement from Petrus this year.
1: And I think there's potential. Again, I I know everybody wants to point that has to be Petrus, but I think it's the offense as a whole, and that's how you're going to get Petrus to be better. That just is. You can't throw all the pressure in the world on Petrus to be able to get everything done. I think Iowa needs to develop a playbook and a system where they get the ball in the hands of the skill position players as much as possible for them to create things consistent running game is going to start with it and what i want to see i would do well, number one is clean up the route trees i think the route trees are too complicated i think that leads to miscommunication i was a unique system because the quarterbacks are expected to do so many different things which is why it typically takes guys multiple years in the program before they start i think it needs to be simpler from that regard and i but at the end of the day it also comes down to petrus having to make the throws he's going to have to make and if they can do that, I think you can see them take a step forward. But it's like I said, I was a very interesting team this year. I expect them to be better as a football team than they were last year. But they might be better with a nine and three record, they might be better with an eight and four record. Who knows where they're going to go? Mm-hmm. But the upside of this, of Iowa's team this year, I think is still very high. I was blown away by the kicking. At the spring game, which yeah. sounds like such a sorry, the follow-up in practice, then that sounds like such a little deal. But people need to realize if Iowa went from Miguel Racinos, Keith Duncan, Caleb It's like three outstanding kickers, to now Iowa has two guys that have never kicked in a college game, and they struggled in spring. They struggled. I think I saw miss six straight at one point, and I'm sitting there thinking. This is going to lose Iowa multiple games this like next year, just because Iowa can't kick. And on top of that, it's the same, it's just the fact that they, they wouldn't be able to kick is is Iowa's red zone offense gonna take a step forward. They're 128th in touchdown red zone percentage. That's inexcusable. And I'd be curious how many of those touchdowns came through the air because it seemed like right when Iowa got in the 10-yard line, 15-yard line. They were only trying to run the ball. So I think, again, you talk about Iowa's offense taking a step forward. They need red zone targets to take a step up. That's why Brody Brecht, I think, could be a huge get if he can come back and be healthy. I think Luke Lachey is a guy that can easily be a very good red zone target. Like, there's multiple guys in the roster I think you can point to that have that capability. And I think on top of that, Iowa's just got to be confident. Throw away the stats, trust the work you've put in, and go out there expecting good results, because I think when you got in the red zone last year, in the back of their mind, again, I'm, I'm only assuming this is not what I've heard. OK, well, if we don't score, at least we can get three because we know Caleb Shudak is going to make the field goal. That can't be your mindset getting in the red zone and Iowa schedules getting tougher. They got it. You got to convert those because that's the difference between playing in Indy on the first week of December or staying home waiting for your bowl game announcement.
0: Yeah, I, I agree on all facets of that. I mean, when you look at that, two two really sections of Iowa's schedule that really stand out to me. I mean, you got the Michigan game on October 1st, Ohio. And then you're at Ohio State three, uh, three weeks later. Uh, there's a bye week in there, a trip to Illinois in there, which very well could be maybe a trap game for the Hawkeyes. And then that November slate is as – I mean, when you look at the rankings, it doesn't really reflect how tough of a schedule it is because you're playing – Three rivals. Well, really, you can count Purdue as or at least, you know, maybe not on the win side of things as of recent as a rival, but there is not a lot of love lost between between Iowa and the Iowa Purdue programs right now. You've got three essentially four rivalry games in a row to end the season uh, at Purdue, home versus Wisconsin, at Nebraska, or at Minnesota, home versus Nebraska. That's brutal. I mean, that's as tough as an end of the season schedule that I have seen from Iowa probably dating back to at least 2010 or 2009. I mean, that end of the schedule. I mean, you remember that 2009 season, they ended, you know, Ohio state was the third, it la- was the second to last game. Minnesota was a bowl team that year. They were the game for that Northwestern had a really good team that year. Obviously that was the game that Ricky Stanzi rolled up his ankle uh, in then the uh, 2010 Ohio state was another late season game as well. They lost to a bad Minnesota team at the end of the regular season, but Leading up to those games, you know, those last games of the season, there was some really tough back ends of the schedule for Iowa. And and they had handled it usually pretty good to that point. But it's going to be really interesting to see. This is a a, a different kind of challenge. This isn't, you know, top ten, top five teams are playing, but these are rivals. And when that happens, you know, it might as well feel like you're playing a top ten team because, you know, everything is – the the stakes are heightened even more in a rivalry game.
1: Let's get aside the Big Ten West. Yeah, absolutely.
0: November is going, I mean, that, it's cliche to say that, but November is going truly going to decide who wins the big 10 West because the four teams, I think that have a legitimate shot at winning the big 10 West, Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa, all play each other, you know, within a three week or at least Iowa plays all you know, the three others in a, you know, three consecutive weeks.
2: Yeah. And I know you guys both follow like, gambling lines and i mean the iowa's win total is set at seven and a half by vegas for this year and i think it's easy you know to say oh yeah like the over is a lock right and if you go through the schedule like you you can come up with a scenario where yeah like the hawks will hit the over but there's also the scenario where i mean if we get into that gauntlet and with the injuries that kind of we're already dealing with right now Um, continue into the season it it could be tough to actually you know end up with eight wins for the regular season
1: I'll say the thing that stands out to me most about that and it's going to amplify the emotion for the rest of the month that Purdue game I mean I'm telling people it's not the fact that Purdue's had Iowa's number there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes there's been a lot of growing tension between the two programs Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy there. And while the players are going to say the right thing, I mean, the Charlie Jones transfer is still a very sore subject around the team. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of his teammates support him. But, again, that was something that came out of complete left field, to coaches, teammates, et cetera, especially on the timing of it. My lock of the season's is Iowa is going to be Purdue. I, I don't see a scenario where they, they lose because I think if there's one game in November, Iowa wants to win. Again, I get the Wisconsin argument. They're going to say that. Nebraska, I don't think anybody cares till Nebraska beats Iowa again, personally. They want to beat Purdue. They want to beat Purdue. And I'm telling you that is one game where you're not going to see the typical Brian Ferentz, Kurt Ferentz behavior. If Iowa gets a chance, they will run it up on Purdue. I will be shocked if they don't.
0: The the line I was told about about some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff with iowa and purdue just don't expect kirk ferentz and jeff rom to go out to dinner anytime so that's kind of kind of sums up where those two programs are, are at right now so you know iowa kicks off the season september 3rd against a, a good fcs opponent might add. south dakota state is not a pushover
1: i don't know why they, they thought it was a good idea to schedule an fcs opponent. i mean are we really i mean why it makes zero sense. Okay, you want to give them a payday? Okay, did, we, did anybody not learn a lesson from North Dakota State? I know. Now look, I get I, get I North Dakota State and South Dakota State. I get there's a big difference between two. I think they're both great programs. But what's it do? I mean, this is my hot take, and it's not going to me any flavors in the Cyclone fan base, but I think it's been pretty obvious you two follow me long enough that, that there's already no chance of redemption for me. Even continuing to schedule Iowa State does nothing for the University of Iowa, outside of bragging rights. And especially with the way the big 12 is going and where it's trending, mm-hmm. it's going to make it even worse. Mm-hmm. I, I I personally think Iowa should scrap the Cy-Hawk game and schedule a team like Notre Dame or do some big non-conferencing like that. I get the one argument I will listen to that does not apply to Northern Iowa and Drake and basketball, the Iowa-Iowa state game in terms of football, it is good for the state. And that's mm-hmm. an argument worth making because they're both, they're still two power five teams they're the only two power five teams in the state of Iowa. So I, I get the argument. Is that enough to keep it going? Sure. And I think Matt Campbell's done a really good job with Iowa State, especially with the history of that program. But what I'm getting with that is there's zero point for Iowa to play an FCS school. If And the whole argument I'm saying is if, if Iowa wins, it's expected. If Iowa loses, everybody's going to count the season to be over. You will not be talked about again. Because what happened with Iowa State when they were preseason top 10 team Everybody picked up, – didn't beat Iowa. I didn't because it's obvious right now it's a kryptonite. I think it was Paul Feinbaum or it was some big-time national college guy said, I never want to talk about Iowa State again. I never want to talk about Iowa State again. So where I'm correlating that is if Iowa loses to South Dakota State, nobody's going to talk about Iowa again for the rest of the season at least. Like it makes zero sense on all fronts to schedule this game.
0: Yeah, I, I vividly remember that North Dakota State game – Uh, because I was there I was at that game it was actually the same day as my senior homecoming Uh, so that was a that was a good memory but I'll digress on that but I remember thinking you know the the uh, the uh, end of the I did I did make it back in time for the dance so that that will be known Uh, that (laughs) but that game uh, I remember still thinking you know it's a non-conference game all the uh, all of the goals for for the for the division are still intact all the goals for the conference are still intact you know it it feels like the end of the world right now, but it really is. not you know what? That team was one of Kirk Ferentz's best coaching jobs because they had a passing attack that was the equivalent of a of a of a, a, a service academy. I mean, Air Force, Navy, Army. It was that caliber of a passing attack. Still won eight games. Still upset Michigan and went eight and four. I mean, that was one of Kirk Ferentz's best coaching jobs, bar none. Was that 2016 team? And I uh, I think it really showcased. Uh, just it just reminded folks, hey. Kirk's still a really darn good
1: coach. Yeah. And I think the thing that stands out about Kirk, and I've repeatedly said this, is not that Iowa's entering the golden era of Iowa football, but the the, the potential and the ceiling of this team is so much higher than it has been. Mm -hmm. And and obviously I'm biased because Iowa, you know, 24-7 sports, who does by far the best job in recruiting and ranking prospects. Iowa's recruiting ranking is going up and it's no coincidence, Iowa's landing four-star guys, Iowa's landing a pair of five-stars, and if Iowa keeps that same level of development, the chances of doing something great are even higher. Mm -hmm. Now, it's going to be extremely interesting once USC, UCLA join the Big Ten, and the divisions get scrapped, but if Iowa continues to put together top 25 classes, send players to the league, compete, I mean, I've said the same thing about Iowa basketball, it's no coincidence that they're doing better on the recruiting trail because they're growing up in an era now where Iowa really hasn't struggled. Mm-hmm. They send players to pros. Yes, I think the only thing people can criticize Fran on right now is not making a sweet 16. That's completely valid. Fran's recruiting. He's developing. He's getting national players of the year, big 10 players of the year, and he's sending guys to the league. That's how you get top recruits to go to your university is by getting to the league. Iowa football has done the same thing for years, sending certain positions to the NFL. But now Iowa's winning nine, ten games a year. The, the whole Iowa wins seven games argument, it used to be seven to eight. Mm, it's nine dead. and ten at this point. Yeah, it's dead now. The expectations are being raised. The standard is being risen. And I think that's the big thing that people need to keep into account. Like, yes, to the model of consistency, but guess what? The trajectory is still going up. And I think that's across the entire universe, athletic, Iowa athletics in general. I mean, look at field hockey. Look at what the women's soccer team did a few years ago. You look at what wrestling obviously has done. You look at what Lisa Bluter has done, what Caitlin Clark has done for women's basketball.
0: Iowa what has done field. for men's.
1: Iowa track and field. What do you I mean that's the reality. But again, that's how you continue to build athletic programs by doing that. So when you mention, yeah. you know, Kirk's recruiting better, the ceiling's gonna be higher. And I think you look at the 2023 class, you have a lot to be excited about in the 2024 class. Iowa's already locked down the top 4 in state prospects. They're all going to be high 3, 4-star caliber guys already committed.
2: Yeah, and David, I I know that our last year class for football, the 2021 class, they were ranked I believe you had them at 247 Sports as like the 24th ranked class. I
1: believe they ended 24th. It, it did get interesting because 247 implemented the transfer portal rankings. So there's okay. the composite rankings, which includes transfers oh, and the recruiting okay. in general. I think Iowa, in terms of the, the composite, was 30, high 20s or low 30s. I think when you go strictly off recruits, it was 24th, 25th. But, and I think that's the ceiling for Iowa football. But you take that any day of the week because you're still landing four-star prospects. You're still getting your needs. And the thing that Iowa football is not going to do is a chance at ruining the culture. That they have. They're going to get guys that fit the program. And I think that's something that while people want to Iowa to be more aggressive in the portal, et cetera, I think that's something you need to applaud Kirk about. And I will also say, you know, I know pe- when people talk about Iowa's culture, they obviously bring up what happened in 2020. But I also think you need to give Kirk and the people who are still on staff a lot of credit for saying, you know what, we liked our culture, but there were obvious flaws and detriments to the program. But the reason why the culture is good is because the older coaches showed a willingness to change and take steps to go in the right direction. So I think you can appreciate aspects of the old culture, but just the willingness to continue to try to push forward and do things for the better, I think has been what's really turned it around because the thing that people don't talk about when it comes to 2020, 2021, guys, barely anybody decommitted. The fact that Iowa kept all the recruits and people through all of that, I think speaks volumes to what Kirk and the company have done. And I think you need to give them a lot of credit. Yeah.
0: yeah, And anyone that says that, I I think anyone,
1: I think enough time has passed where I think anyone who
0: says there hasn't been meaningful change in the program is either a has an agenda that goes against the Iowa program. Or B, just has flat out not paid attention to how the Iowa program has reacted to the allegations of player mistreatment and racial mistreatment in 2020. I think it's evident and clear that there have been many, many Uh, changes and and meaningful changes, not empty promise changes, changes that have been, you see, you know, if you're in the program, you see these changes every day from everything, what I understand, you see these changes every day and and it's the littlest things, but even that the littlest things can make the biggest difference in in a college football program.
2: Yeah. And I I think what I, I was also just kind of alluding to is that, you know, with our higher rank recruiting classes now, like it, just imagine what Kirk Ferentz is going to be able to do now that he has, you know, even more and more talent these next few years. Like once I remember once we got Xavier and Wangpa, I literally texted you Quinn and I was like, Oh boy, like Kirk is in his prime right now. He, he's recruiting at his best and let's see what he can do now that he has like this talent. And the same can be said for, you know, what's, what's coming for basketball too. I mean, it's an exciting time to, to be a Hawk fan, that's for the, sure.
1: The crazy part about all of this is the expectations for Xavier, because, and in and, and Caden Proctor when he gets to campus, because the reality is he could end up being a really, really good player, but there's expectations that people are, you know, that people have from him. I mean, you could say the same thing. It's obviously two di- totally different, different uh, uh, magnitude or limelight. But remember when LeBron James came. They went to the NBA with the the chosen one. And granted, LeBron didn't exactly help himself by getting the chosen one tattooed on his back and everything. But while well, if LeBron got the league, won one MVP, one title, people would say he failed mm-hmm. because of the expectations. The expectations for Xavier right now are like Jim Thorpe Award level. And that's where I'm going with it because people have seen what – phil did with josh jackson what he's doing with riley moss what he's done with these two three star caliber guys but xavier is a legit six foot two 217 pounds he's put on like 18 pounds of muscle since like it's it's ridiculous what he's already done but I, i'm with you and i think that's what people need to realize that it really is crazy the expectations that are on some of these kids i mean think of luca coming back for a senior year i mean how do you top what he did oh then keegan comes up and just somehow has the season he had. Well, now we'll look at the expectations for Chris Murray after what his twin brother did, right? Yeah. I mean, it, what Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark right now is like national player of the year. I will get in the final four bust. I mean, that is, it's ridiculous. But I, again, I, I get your point. It's exciting for people to really pay attention to. And I mean, as crazy as it sounds, the more I think about guys, if is there a university in the country, a high-level university that has as much name brand recognition across sports than Iowa in terms of individual talent, go from Luca Keegan, Caitlin, Clark, Spencer Lee. Uh, I can't remember his name. And I feel awful about the sprinter on the track and field team who is like breaking records. I believe,
0: Jamal it. I believe
1: that's who it is. Jamal Brent. It's not normal. I Megan mean, Gustafson. I mean, yeah. it's not normal what Iowa has across its sports landscape. And that's why Quinn knows how many and you know, Carter, and you follow my stuff. How many times have I said people need to take a step back and appreciate because this is not this is not normal.
2: No. Yeah, is. like you you always share, you know, when like Travis Scott is or KD is like, you know, posting about Caitlin and like that is not normal. Like people from Iowa don't just get posted by either of those people.
0: Well, well, how about the, the Luca Garza story where where money Mayweather Pulls him aside during a shoot-around at Pistons practice and said, "Hey, man, I watched you ball all the time at Iowa. Big fan of yours. Like, oh my god! I mean, stuff nuts. like that. That's insane. That's that's just you never would expect that for someone that that's playing that you know that's playing their their college days at, at in Iowa City, Iowa, population of eighty thousand. You know, west just west of the Mississippi. I mean, there is no you know, you're three three hours west of Chicago. You're three and a half hours south of Minneapolis. You're you're." five hours East of Omaha, you're three and a half, four hours North of Kansas. I mean, you're really in the middle of nowhere as it relates to huge population centers. And Des Moines is, I mean, Des Moines is a big city, but it's not Minneapolis. It's not Chicago. It's not, you know, it's not Kansas city. It's not Omaha. It's not these cultural, it's not this cultural epicenter that, you know, some of these cities here in the the North, in the Northern part of the country are.
1: It's just, I mean, it goes back to. I mean, Quinn, I tell you at least a few times, you're like, I'm so lucky that, on top of that, too, like the, the players that achieve these high levels of success, they're such good people. Some of the best like people. Iowa, I mean, Luca, Luca Garza, for example, is one of my favorite athletes I've ever cover, covered. Caitlin Clark, for all the sponsorships that she has, for all the national attention on her, you would not get that vibe off her whatsoever. Spencer Lee what he's been through. I mean, guys that, you know, it's it's not normal. Keegan Murray. I mean, Chris Murray this is about to be the same way because I think Chris Murray is going to go in the lottery next year. I think people need to realize he was still in contention to be a late first-round pick in this year's draft. And when, I'll say when, because I think he – I'd pick Keegan Murray to win NBA Rookie of the Year. I think it's the best system for him. I think he fits a perfect role. That's only going to help Chris Murray's case to go in the lottery next year. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm going all over the board here, but like the people that Iowa have that achieve these high levels of success, it's, it's unique.
2: David, I remember when you had a swarm cast, it was after um, Keegan was picked, you know, as a lottery pick and you're, you made like this bold prediction that, you know, he was going to win rookie of the year. I legit placed a bet on my sports book and it's like, Yeah, I I legit threw down like twenty bucks and it's question like, question.
1: Did you get it before that? Before he won Summer League MVP?
2: Yes, yeah, my yep. guy. Because I think yeah. the
1: odds went from like what nine fifty to like five fifty.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got I I got him at plus nine hundred. So I, I threw down twenty bucks and I was like, this is too good right now.
1: I got <laughs> you. Well, I mean, you gotta pay for dental school somehow. So
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that won't do much of a dent, but it'll help. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it'll get you. It'll get you like a half a tool that you need when you actually start <laughs> <laughs> yeah. digging around like the yeah, dummy's right. mouths. <laughs> no, no question
0: that, that it's a special time to, to for, for those that are alum of Iowa, that are fans of Iowa. It's a special time to be a fan of, of uh, Iowa athletics. There's no no doubt in my mind or in, really in anyone's mind at this rate. But now, one uh, are you wanting to, to, to shift tables? I know, Carter, you wanted to talk about this. We wanted to talk about this on the pod last week. Uh, didn't didn't really get to it, but uh, you with the Field of Dreams game happened in Dyersville last Thursday. Uh, my Chicago Cubs were in it, taking on the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Cubs won by a final of, uh, I believe, four to one over the Reds, and the Cubs scored three runs in the first. That was more than enough of the Cubs uh, to get the win. Uh, it was the uh, – I saw it was the most – watched a regular season game to date of the 2022 MLB season. And I believe it was the most watched regular season game on Fox of the 2022 MLB season. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't have the, it didn't have the star power of last year's game. It didn't have the drama, you know, all the home runs, the white Sox and the Yankees had a year ago at, at the field of dreams. Uh, but still, I mean, people showed up. It was, it was, uh, the, the pregame stuff was fantastic. I mean, if you didn't get goosebumps watching Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. playing catch in the outfield, I'm convinced you don't have a heart because that was some of the best stuff uh, that you, you could ever see, and it's so meaningful to a lot of people uh just because of the you know the the background about the movie the field of dreams and I've, I've always looked at that i don't look at the field of dreams as a baseball movie i look at it as a movie about the relationship of a father and son set to the backdrop of baseball but that's a different conversation i'll say for a different day but just the just the pageantry around it just the, the aura around the field of dreams game you could put two teams that quite frankly are towards the bottom of, of major league baseball this year it's still it was a success Everyone, you know, all the players from both sides had a blast, and I still think it's a smashing success. And even though it isn't coming back next year, it, it, it's a temporary hiatus from everything I've been hearing, uh, that it will be back eventually. But just with all the construction going on to Field of Dreams, uh, it was a, a smashing success, and the MLB is not going to give that up. And, and Carter, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. It helped more that, you know, obviously my cubbies were in it, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed watching last year's
2: game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. This is the, actually the only MLB regular season game that I have watched all full nine innings for on TV this year. And um, I, I think definitely one of the most memorable parts was, what you know, when it was opening, they had uh, Vin Scully voicing yes. the legendary scene from the Field of Dreams. You know, like people will come right people will most definitely come like that that was like a goosebumps kind of moment and I I mean it like you said it's hard to beat last year with you know a White Sox walk-off homer to end the game and and with the star power that there was but I mean this was a fun game to watch and I think especially just being from Iowa it just makes it that much more special that something of this caliber is going on in your state and you know, me and you—it's just a matter of time before we get those lottery tickets <laughs> to get to go to the game, because I, I every year I, I I've entered twice so far and have not gotten it yet, but w- one day.
1: Oh, luckily, lucky. luckily the Cubs are the most well-run organization. They're in win oh. now mode. So it's just so great to watch get them the national platform. I can't oh, think shit. of a team that deserves it anymore. The Ricketts family are making oh shut decisions shut for the Chicago on. Cubs. Oh my
0: it's god. just wonderful. Sound like
1: every casual
0: Cubs fan on Twitter right
1: now. Oh my <laughs> god. The Cubs I didn't say wild. they I didn't say they didn't have a plan, but if you're gonna sit here and like it's like. Oh, well, look how Javi Baez is
0: doing this year. Look how Chris Bryant's doing this. Hey, year. Hey, hey, I think hey, we made the hey, right hey, choice.
1: Hey, hey, don't disparage Javi. That's my guy. David, he has 20 errors and 11 home runs. Well, guess what? That's still less errors in the Chicago Cubs front office in the past like year. That's great. We still have a World <laughs> Series rate. Calm down. <laughs> Car, you know exactly what I'm doing right now, don't you? I, I do. I know you're <laughs> trying yes, to get I riled know. up. <laughs> Gaslighters, gas <laughs> uh, I feel dreams is sick. Yeah. That's my contribution. I was at Iowa Club <laughs> having Guinnesses. It was wonderful. That's not an endorsement, unless Guinness. Wants
0: to- <laughs> well, we we are going to get this endorsement because I talked to Carter about this, and I apologize for not running this by you. But we're gonna we're we're gonna put together a top five list here. Um, Cap- top five yeah. list. Top five Iowa City establishments. <laughs>
2: Wow, you can't just drop this on me without giving me time to I, think. No, this. I told you I'm about gonna you. mess it up.
1: I told you. No, about it's fine. That. It's fine. I re- I've, I've done this exercise once, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm fully prepared. I I don't go downtown in Iowa City that often, but I uh you know I think I have a couple of good spots. I can I can go right. in there.
0: It If you if you don't want it to be all downtown, it doesn't have to be for you. But I, I was I'll gonna say, what's the too. what's
1: the criteria? What are we judging? Top five is it off personal preference or is it? If you're going out for a night out, the type of vibe, or is it like if you want to have a casual night? Let's do a night
0: out. You're coming coming to Iowa City for the first time. You're with friends. You can have a vibe. You want to have a good time. You want to see Iowa City for what it
1: is. Can we we, we, we give a special honorary mention already to uh, Union?
0: Yeah, rest in peace. Union, rest in peace. (laughs) I went there when I was like
1: 21. That was an Iowa City institution. I went there when I was 21. 22. That was that was an experience. Oh, I was there.
0: I was there before I was 21. But <laughs> what, they can, they can't out? they can't
1: prove that Quinn. You're fine. No, they can't.
0: Well, I looked like I was 25 when I was 18, so it worked. Bro,
1: you me. like I could age on 10 years, and you then would still look older than me. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just be real. Like Carter and I are sitting here. Like, imagine if I shaved the beard. I just baby like baby face. Hey, so what? Over what here. high school do you go to? Do you play for Iowa City West? Oh, well, thanks.
0: <laughs> baby face assassins over here.
1: So, all right. Uh, all right, that's fine. So, night out in Iowa City. You know, I'll, I'll go last because uh, I, I won't go for – I want to throw Carter – I'll give Carter the vote. Let's give Carter the first overall uh, pick. I'm
2: still, I'm still coming up with my list here. And, Quinn, since you're the one who asked the question yeah, – I figured did. this was going
1: to happen. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, you sounded extremely disappointed about
0: it, <laughs> I, I hear I the pain say, in your
1: voice. And I'm going to do this in
0: order. I'm going to do this in order of how the night should go. I think the best starting spot in Iowa City is Bo James. I think you start at Bo's. I mean, you get you go there on a Thursday. If you're there on a Thursday night, it's karaoke night. Wednesday night's country night. You know, you can't go wrong with big beers. And if you want to, you know, if you got there late, you haven't ate dinner. Get a burger basket. I think Bo's is the best place to start. There, there's
1: one. There's one gripe about really quick about Bo James that it's it's an it's a Iowa City emergency, and I'm honestly offended. They they say it's country night. They have karaoke night, right? Yeah. They say country night every time, every night you go there. It's country night because I have tried <laughs> countless times to play pop smoke in Bo James and <laughs> Juice World, and it goes it is not available in this jukebox. And I'm like, sir, country oh, nights two nights from now. Touch it's, tunes. It's, it's Touch ridiculous. Change, this is the most reliable. I can they about. don't. They don't want my business or my patronage, <laughs> and that's fine. They've well, made. Well, the Iowa City lacks a true
0: country bar, so someone's got to make up for it. Um, go on.
1: Sorry, I, just, I just had to put that out there. Then uh, I got to go with, with with what would
0: be my personal favorite. I spent a lot of nights there with, with a lot of good friends. I definitely think you go from Bo James to Sports SportsCount. I definitely think Spoko is on there, you know, very much a 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock type of vibe with Spoko. No question about that. You know, cheap drinks. It's a good, it's a big bar. Good at never, never a bad atmosphere. It never feels like it's a, a toxic atmosphere in Spoko. It's always feels like it's a party. You know, it always feels like everybody's having a good time at Spoko. I definitely would have to say Spoko would probably be the second place he had. Third, I think you do DCs. DCs, I mean the upstairs. I mean, if you want to go there, if you want to watch, you know, if there's a big game going on, like like an NBA game, that's you know, like it's the Lakers and the the Lakers are. Playing I will say they there. do a really
1: good job of that stuff.
0: You know, it, it is the they I think do it do it's really the Cubs bar uh, in, in Iowa City. I know I remember with my freshman year when the Cubs were still in the playoffs. They were playing the, the the Nationals and the Dodgers. Every game was up on the the big four TVs that that mesh into one. Uh, so that's the big cup bar in Iowa city. So I, am a little biased towards that, but I do love DCs and you gotta love Steins. I mean, the Steins, I mean the big, I mean, big mugs, like you're in a movie, like you're like, you're in a Looney Tunes cartoon or something, you know, those big, those big mugs, obviously the Steiners are uh, very much uh, are, are a part of the, uh, a part of the aura of DCs Fourth, I think you got to go brothers uh, or actually, no, I I, I changed change that fourth is El rays. I think you have to check out El rays now. I think they've established themselves as a, uh, very very much a uh very much a a force in iowa city i mean if you love live music you're going to love el rays because they always have live music and they bring in some
1: good djs too and uh well the cool part about that place is just to throw that in i mean there's you can get three different vibes in one night because they have the upstairs and they do a great job of isolating it because you can have the live performance in the main area then there's obviously the back room, which is more hip-hop oriented or you know house music oriented but then you have upstairs which is kind of like a hodgepodge of whatever mm-hmm. whatever's going on that night but it's it's literally like three different bars in one place
0: yeah and it's it, it, all three vibes are fantastic when, when it comes to l rays and I, I i do i do have a lot the i do wish i could add more of the karaoke night they do on wednesday nights because i remember i did it once and i went up there and you, you looked at there was like a 100 people it looked like there was a 100 people there you you you're, you have a moment where you you got the light shining on you, thinking, "Oh my God, this is like playing a gig right now." You're like
1: you feel like you're you're a solo artist playing a gig up there. Well, people are also into it too. That's yeah. the problem. Because so there's some karaoke nights where it's oh like yeah, a, there's a, a crowd distractor. interaction. I mean, the crowd's like into it, which is very enjoyable.
0: And so it well. gives you the feel like you're a live act playing. You know, at a I don't know, like you're playing at a hockey talking Nashville. You're playing at a club in a very curious
1: where your number five spot is, Quinn.
0: Number five. I, it's going to make you mad because I won't. There's a certain bar I'm not included on this list, but it's an honor, but it's on the honorable mention list. I, I, I'm ending my night at Brothers. Brothers, I, I, you know, Brothers is the, if you want the ultimate different kind of vibes, you know, the ultimate different vibes in different places in Iowa City, I think Brothers is the place because Brothers, you can sit up at the bar and you can watch, you, know, you can watch sports, just sit and drink. You can go on the dance floor. You can sit out on the patio. You can, You can just sit at a table with your friends. You know, there's all kinds, you can shoot pool. There's all kinds of different vibes you can get at Brothers, but I will have to throw an honorable mention in there for Summit. Summit, if Brothers, if Brothers is two-packed, Summit's where you go.
1: So here's your fun fact. I think it was three weeks or it's about a month ago at this point. I absolutely drugged Mama Eichel to Brothers for a night. (laughs) That was, that was a blast.
0: First time I ever took my dad. To I, uh, I t-
1: we 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 went with some friends. We sat outside and I told my mom to wait, and I came back with uh the Long Island pitchers and two fireball oh. shots. That was a lovely oh. experience with my mom.
0: Oh boy, yeah, I remember the first time. I, the only time I brought my dad to downtown Iowa City. I took him to Summit and we went upstairs to the Jungle. Oh boy, I, I, I was just, it was my sophomore year. I had people, I told my I told my friends that, and I don't think you were one of them, Carter. But I had some people look at me like you took your dad to the Jungle.
2: Yeah, Carl, that's,
0: you are
1: that's, wild Carla, you're, you're up next yeah you okay. I, I got
2: my list list made now i yeah I, I got it okay so my top top five iowa city establishments one um freshman year sports column <laughs> like, no
0: year was a vibe there is no better
2: place than when you are a freshman then than sports column um it's just not even matched. And then also still Friday nights before Iowa football games. Oh, so yeah, no matter what age you are, it's awesome when the beer band comes in there and it's just like the Iowa classic bar. Like I definitely, you know, probably 20 years from now or whatever, when I have kids coming here, hopefully they better, but uh, <laughs> like, I, I better be coming for a Friday night before a football game. And like, we go, we go to Spoko to see the beer band. Um, then next, I'd say DCs on football game days. I think I, Quinn kind of mentioned a lot there about the good vibes, but there. And then this is one Quinn didn't have. At, at three, I have the airliner. I just think it's an Air Iowa yeah. classic, um, and I don't know. It's just another one of those bars that's kind of gone through multiple generations of students. Like two of these bars on the list. Spoko and airliner were both there when my dad went to school 81 to 85 so I mean it it just kind of shows how both of them transcend you know generations.
1: I will say uh, though I feel like you have to separate airliner I think if you separate the upstairs and downstairs I'll give it to you because the fact is you have to wait so you know with all respect to people working you have to wait so long to get a drink of the downstairs one of airliner just because the way it's set up.
0: And I believe yeah. airline I believe Airliner is the oldest remaining establishment in downtown Iowa City. I mean, that was open either pre-World War II or right after World War II. It has been around for long. Oh, it's about as old. My grand, my oldest grandpa is 85. It's about as old as he is.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I have it on that this list more so for like the nostalgia and okay. no, kind of it's like an the, Iowa city
0: institution. It's an yeah, exactly.
2: tradition. The, the vibe that it gives off. I mean, it's just one of those establishments that's just been there for so it's long. It's one of those
0: that the walls could talk, the stories it could tell you, exactly. not necessarily in a bad way either, but just, you know, all the, the, good, all the thing you know, all the great things that that place has been through.
2: Yeah. And then I'd say fourth, I have brothers as a senior. Um, and it's also yeah. great nights before football games. And then last I said, El Rey's just an, a newer up and coming bar that we kind of got a taste of our, our senior year, you know? And I, I mean, I, I don't frequent downtown near as much anymore, but I mean, it's still, it's still a cool bar that you can go to with that live music. Like you said, so
1: I'll drag you fun. out. <laughs> I'll drag you out. I got you. All right. There's an obvious omission from you both. And it's honestly sickening. <laughs> and it's not the one that Quinn thinks I'm about yeah. to say, I think I know what this is going to be. Cause I think we were there on Friday night. No, Big Girl Brewery. Oh, okay. I think if you're starting, night, I like how Carver put his top five. Quinn did like if you're going for a night out. So I'm gonna kind of just do a mix, but I think Big Girl. If you're starting out night, you have to go Big Girl Brewery. I think the food's yeah, wait, fantastic. Wait, wait, wait. I think food's fantastic. Good beer. The vibe. The outdoor ambiance yeah. is awesome. Um, it's a fun place to watch a game as well. And this, isn't, this is an honorable mention by so I just make sure I get on. Joe's Place. Big Joe's yeah, Place we guy. Were,
0: yeah, the, especially the patio. When it's nice yep. outside, I've had some fun times on that patio when it's nice outside.
2: Yep. Uh, Joe's I think- Place is probably the nicest bar. Like, I mean, it, it's got like so many different bars you can easily get a drink at yeah oh
1: absolutely yeah it's great it's it's got like this don't take us wrong but it's got like the right crowd like there's so many different types of crowds like everybody's there to vibe like i've never even seen one situation remotely escalate at joe's like it's just a good good genuine vibe there so i think that needs to be up there l race has to be up there like it's just it's different than what anything iowa city's had Mm -hmm. which is why you have to include it in the list. And again, I think it's really interesting how one venue can have almost three remotely different vibes and still maintain business. If that makes sense. Like it's just, you can seamlessly go from one vibe to the next and there's no, there's no like awkward pause. There's no whatever. I haven't been to Spoko in a while. I do like Spoko. Uh, I think it makes the list. I really couldn't differentiate where, and I will say, my most fun night I've had out in Iowa City, and it was before I worked for, I want to preface this, I didn't, I didn't go to Iowa, I went to Nebraska, so I was in town visiting for the game. And that for a football game day, if you end the night at Summit, I had a blast. I just, I did. I was 20, I was 21 years old, never been in downtown Iowa City. Now, does that mean the vibe is what it is now? Probably not. It's probably a one-time thing. But I think it needs to make the list because that's what's also known. If you go to Iowa City, like people know what that is. Uh, Mama Eichel has asked me to take her there. I absolutely refuse. I will not do that. <laughs> I'll take her brothers. I'm not taking her there. Summit uh, is one of those. Summit is one
0: of those bars. Everyone's got a story or an experience from Summit, whether it's good or bad. You know that. You know, I think. I think some some people have both. But it's one of those. If you went to Iowa or if you visited Iowa City frequently, you have a story or an experience from Summit that just you get people going. What the, you know?
1: I would say this. Brothers is consistently the most fun. Yeah, I would agree. Like if you if you want a consistent performance or a consistent vibe of your night, you go to Brothers. Like Brothers doesn't disappoint typically.
0: Brothers doesn't disappoint, and I think l Ray's is one that that is also creeping up in that consistency category because of the people who they pull in night in and night out for for music.
1: So who have I have I, I think I got 5, right? Big Grove yeah, I had, think you had again, Big, Grove. Big Grove has to be up there.
0: You had Big Grove. I think you had uh you had Spoko, you had DC You're, Did you have DCs? I did not. That's why I was getting thrown so, in
1: glasses and I will mention at least. Okay.
0: So you had Spoko, you had Summit, you had Joe's Place and Big Grove. And Big then Grove. I said State Brothers, that did. So I think you I had think that's five. five. That's yep, why I, I think saying. you had five. So,
1: but again, Big Grove, like Big Grove, is like it's just nice. And you, especially if you go with a big, it's one, it's the only place on the list where you could go have a good night out with friends. And by the way, honorable mention as well, just for the vibes sake, Thirty hop. 30 hop. I've only been there a couple of times. Hop needs few, be included. 30 hop is Technically,
2: stopped. that's Coralville, but we'll let it slide. But.
1: All right. All right. Thanks. I mean, I, I mean, I was going to say Come foundry, over. but that's because I'm biased. <laughs> I had dinner there on Friday night. It was very Dude, good. I Big, big foundry guy. That That's so you talk about an NIL deal needs to be in place. NIL foundry needs to give me an NIL deal along with Big old Brewery. <laughs> I cannot wait to visit the new Big Grove location in Des Moines. You have no the, idea. Have you guys seen? There's a Twitter account that every single day tweets at Big Girl Brewery to give me a sponsorship. <laughs> I think I no, have. he's on, no, he's on like day eighty nine. Oh my god, you made it. it! And I'm like, bro, I have even had a woman give me that sort of commitment to that <laughs> Twitter account. It's amazing. Wish um, I had that guy's at in front of me. But shout shout out to you. I, I I appreciate you. It does your your love does not go unnoticed.
0: Yeah. I, so, I, I, I can't, I can't wait for that. Big, I can't wait to visit that big brewery because I just like having the fact, you know, all my friends back here at home in central Iowa, that didn't go to Iowa with me. It's like, you get a taste of Iowa city. You get a taste of what it's like for me, what it was like for me for four years. So, well, but again, it, it,
1: it's, 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 all different vibes though. I mean, the list absolutely changes if you just want a yeah. casual night out with friends, but if you're going out and you want in college or a young adult Iowa city uh-huh. experience, then you go to the place that we listed yep. in my opinion.
0: I agree, one hundred and ten percent. So, with that, I believe that's going to wrap things up. We probably we probably are close to an hour and a half. But I tell you what, time flies when you you're just shooting the stuff with some of your buddies. And uh, David, thank you so much for coming on. It's always great to ch- get a chance to talk to you. And, uh, obviously both of us here are obviously big fans and obviously we're, we're happy to be friends with you and, uh, happy to, uh, have your support in, in our venture on this podcast. And just know you always, you always got an open invite to come back whenever you want, my friend,
1: whenever you want me, you know, I, I, am not one to lack words. So, <laughs> well, that
0: makes two of us. I don't know about Carpenter over here, but that makes <laughs> two of us. <laughs> I think Carter's more the quiet one.
1: Carter, Carter is very precise. And very deliberate when he speaks you listen that's why he's in dental school
2: yeah i appreciate that but yeah that was a compliment I by the way. That, 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 i that came that across as such Montana a day, and i'm like that no, is not
1: i came no, across I as such a you know, i was like
2: yeah yeah th- thanks for coming on david it, it's always good to have the hawkeye insider on oh here. yeah at least yes. one of the two yeah exactly i probably wait, should, wait, i probably wait, should wait, change there.
1: my twitter bio honestly to that
0: we, we got, we got to, I I do have to make a correction. If we're going to say the hockey insider, we have to trademark the thanks to Ohio State University. Um, <laughs>
1: that is now trademarked. My god,
0: uh, well, I mean, it's what, better than LeBron
1: trying to trademark Taco Tuesday. Yeah, oh, wow. boy, that was a- if I had to hear one more Instagram video of him putting his phone in his mouth and going like, I'll. Out, out. Tehano, I, mean, I, I I thought about it, I, just, I don't want it to echo that bad in here, but I absolutely just thought about doing my impersonation of that. But I'll tell you what, the energy he had was incredible. Maybe if he used that energy and the Lakers used that sort of energy, they would have you know, made the playoffs and actually did something. Oh, ho, ho. David, David, one last parting shot before we sign off. You I know, love Russell Westbrook, and he got too much hate for how bad they were.
0: We're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Of course, well, this will be released on Thursday. Uh, thursday morning so uh, we'll start releasing our podcasts on thursday and uh, that's going to wrap things up here for episode two of the eyes on iowa podcast for our guest david eichel for my co-host carter Coppinger. this is Quinn Douglas signing off talk to you again next week and uh, have a good weekend everybody enjoy the rest of uh, enjoy this uh next, this third weekend in august